podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. A little bit of a special with Johnny Humphreys from the Echo, who looked after all of the kit deal trial for the Liverpool Echo. Uh, he's got back from London today, jumped on a train. He's back in Liverpool. I've got him on the phone here to have a little chat about it. And Johnny, first and foremost, Liverpool Football Club have got what they wanted out of the enterprise there. They've found themselves with a bit of a result. And, and it's it, you'd think it'd be full steam ahead, although there's talk of an appeal. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, the the a New Balance applied for permission to appeal in the court today, uh, and that was turned down. So they they do have a, a, an outside chance of, of taking it to the court of appeal. But as as it stands at the moment, the matter's settled, and Liverpool have won the day. It's um, the whole case appeared to sort of filter a lot of it around the idea that New Balance just couldn't live with what the Nike offering was from a Liverpool point of view. I think everyone expected that to be a financial conversation first and foremost, and in one sense it is. But it was also about the the access that Liverpool have, and that's why the story was very much painted in those terms, in terms of ambassadors, in terms of doors, in terms of these things. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the vast, vast majority of the trial focused on this question of doors. Um, and just for anyone who's not aware, doors means global retail outlets. So that could be a shop or, or even uh, an online retailer. Um, and that, that, as I say, that took up the vast majority of the court's time. Um, so uh, Liverpool's legal team grilled New Balance executives on uh, internal emails and, and uh, calculations of how many doors they could, they could achieve. Um and I know there's a few emails that suggested that some New Balance executives had had doubts or uh, were a little bit concerned about what they, how they, whether they could actually match Nike. But the strange thing was that didn't actually that didn't actually become the crucial issue. And if that had been the crucial issue, a New Balance would have won. It was um, the clause in Nike's marketing offer that that actually turned into a bit of a silver bullet for Liverpool. Um, the the, the, it was just kind of a secondary argument that Liverpool put forward. Everyone expected the distribution clause uh, to be the, the main part of the case. But because Nike had name-checked LeBron James, Serena Williams and Drake, the judge decided that mm. New Balance had no chance of, of offering ambassadors and influencers of that calibre. So it, it set quite an interesting legal precedent, really. I was about to say that, yeah. that, that what that does is that, that, that the idea of of the connections almost of that being the yeah. you use the phrase influencers there you know it's it's we live in different times but the idea that who the influencers are or aren't has such a profound impact on a case such as this it is really significant and it's quite unique yeah absolutely and um, you've i'd argue that the concept of measuring the caliber of a particular athlete was too vague and um, the way that the matching clause works is that you have to uh, New Balance have to match everything that's deemed uh, a material, uh, measurable or matchable clause in legal jargon. And New Balance said that it's just too vague. How do you decide um, which metric you use to compare two different athletes and the, the uh, marketing power that they have? But the judge decided that there are metrics of, of measuring that. It doesn't matter which one you use. It's a measurable term. So um, uh, New Balance's offer was uh, less favourable than Nike's um, and, and free, that freed Liverpool up to go with Nike. Does this, in any way, shape, or form? I mean, does it does it firstly tell the tell the story of what Liverpool are actually expecting from Nike? Because there's there's a lot of numbers that have knocked around as well within this conversation, which you know you feel as though we don't often get to see behind the curtain of these sorts of deals. But all of this does suggest that Liverpool are looking for something something quite unique and separate themselves, and something quite distinct. And that's you know the the the, the pulling back of the curtain on this is fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. The uh... 
One of the things that came out during the trial uh, is the fact that Liverpool wanted out of the New Balance uh, clause by any way they could could find. So it wasn't the the terms of Nike's offer were were almost in some way just about escaping from New Balance as much as what Nike can offer themselves. Uh, I think distribution is still the key thing that Liverpool are looking for in Nike. Um, But it just so happens that this this mention of LeBron James, Serena Williams, etc., was the thing that actually unlocked it for them. I think um, Liverpool are looking to uh, markets in, in Asia and China in particular, um, and I think they believe that Nike have got far more uh, chance of breaking into those markets than New Balance have. New Balance are a fairly new brand or a challenger brand, as they, they call themselves in court, and their uh, presence in China is very limited and, and, and limited to uh, say, like footwear retailers. So it, I, th- I think the, the Eastern markets uh, are one of the main things that Liverpool are looking to do with Nike, and, and that could uh, unlock major new revenue for them. Uh, in terms of the rest of it, the idea of of wanting to market Liverpool as something grander than just us, the football kit offering, uh, is in the mention of, you mentioned Serena Williams, LeBron James, obviously, but Drake also got mentioned. And I think that also, you know, is the direction of travel possibly that the club are thinking that that uh, that, that that Nike are thinking, and not least because of the sort of the idea of Liverpool have their own set of almost ambassador footballers with Virgil Van Dijk, Mo Salah, whoever these people are currently contracted with. But that idea that Liverpool are able and have been able to sort of create and be part of worldwide renowned names is a massive deal in this, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the numbers are staggering. I had a quick look on Twitter before, and between. Um, Serena, Drake, and LeBron. There's a, we're talking somewhere in the region, 93 million followers, and that's just on Twitter. So you can see the size of the market that, that um, the athletes and influencers of that caliber can, can open Liverpool up to. And uh, people in, in China, especially, and in America as well, people like winners. And, and, and those, those uh, athletes that we mentioned are, are born winners. And, and to associate, have them associated with Liverpool with the phones they've got, it's going to be massive to the club, I think. And I- it, 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 it's a case of striking while the iron's hot as well. I think Liverpool are keen to to um, do the best they can while the, the success on the pitch is so uh, is so profound. At the centre of all, at the, well, at the centre of all of this is is the idea that it is about you know Liverpool need to keep winning. The the gamble of this deal appears to be from the outside that Liverpool need to in order to c- continue to be successful, they've got to continue to be successful, which is a, a bit of a ridiculous sort of thing to say. But that, that's at the essence of this. They have to succeed, otherwise, if they don't, then this deal won't succeed, which will make further success more and more difficult. The club, this is what's come out of this trial to me. Looks like the club are taking a little bit of a gamble. Well, um, there was a bit of a strange moment in the in the in the trial. Um, Nike appeared to have put a, uh, a clause in the, 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 the sort of full formal contract with all the T's and C's that uh, Liverpool weren't expecting, and Liverpool say they're not legally bound by that. And, and that was that if Liverpool don't qualify for the group stages of the Champions League, the uh, minimum distribution specified in the contract doesn't apply. Now Liverpool are saying that's not the case. So whatever happens over the next five years, uh, Nike's got to sell there products in a minimum of 6,000 stores. But uh, the point still stands, Liverpool's success is absolutely key to, to uh, increasing their commercial revenues going forward. Um, it, it, like I said, the um, the athletes and influencers we've, uh, we've talked about are more likely to be associated with a successful club, with a winning club, with a, with a brand that's marketable. So, yeah, I think... The further success on the pitch is going to it's going to be sort of a, a momentum developing. That's um, we, you talk about them at the Man United deal with Adidas and Man United's troubles on the pitch are well known at the moment, but their kit deal is still 
um, considerably bigger than Liverpool's. But I think in a few years, if this success continues to fill Liverpool, they're going to get to a stage where there's still the brand is still strong, even if things fall away a little bit on the pitch. So it's absolutely crucial to get a good deal in now, grow the brand while while they can. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed to Johnny for uh, taking no the time. Problem. And you can find all of his stuff on the Liverpool Echo website. Don't be shy about getting on there. And he's been, he was reporting it right the way through the week. Any other developments as well, he'll be right on top of. Senior reporter for the Liverpool Echo, uh, Johnny Humphreys there. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Hopefully uh, that has enlightened you a little bit as to what this has been about and where it goes next. Sports Social Podcast Network.